Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. Welcome to the show, Eva. Thank you, Crystal. It's lovely to have you on today. You are doing a lot of things. You're a designer, you're an author, you lead retreats. But I want to go back to the beginning. Where are you from and what brought you to France? Well, I I was born in Southern California. And growing up, my mom would tell me these stories about her childhood uh, and about when she lived in France with her family. So her dad was transferred there for his work when she was about 12 years old and she and her brother and sister were all put into French school and she learned to speak fluently and ended up living there for something like seven or eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just, and really her formative years, like her whole teenage years were, were there. And uh, so I would always ask her to tell me, so oh, tell me about when you lived in Paris and what you would do on Saturdays with your friends and things <laughs> like that. And I just loved hearing all her stories. And so I just was born into this family of Francophiles, my mom and her siblings and her parents, they all spoke French and they all loved French things and culture and design. And so that's how it all began. And um, living in the LA area, I was able to go to a French school for kindergarten and first grade. Nice. And um, then we moved and I changed schools. But I think that beginning of the language really helped. And then I started studying it again in high school and in college, ended up minoring in French, going over there and doing a study abroad and also an internship and uh, lived over in France and Belgium for a couple of years in my 20s. And um, then I, I majored in art and kind of took that turn, but I've always come back to France and to all things French. And it's just always been a part of who I am and what I love. Yeah. And it, it shows in your work. I mean, you're leading retreats to France. You've written this wonderful book, uh, Paris by Design. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Like what led you to write the book and, and talk about what the book's about? Sure. Well, I think I'd had it in my mind for a while that I would love to work on a visually focused type of book. I I just love, I love creating I love books. I love reading. And that as an, you know, somebody with an art and design background, of course, I love that. And so I was thinking about that idea kind of in the back of my head. And one day I can't remember, but it just, I just remember that it just occurred to me like this epiphany because I'd been looking uh, at books about Paris specifically because I'd been wanting to go on a trip there. And I was trying to find a book at the time, this was 2015. I was trying to find a book that was about Paris and had information about the creative, like a focus on art design and the creative side of Paris and also acted as a guide. And I just, at the time I couldn't, there were of course, tons and tons of books about Paris, but there wasn't one with that specific focus. And so I thought, oh, 
maybe I need to create this. And so I remember calling my friend Shantae. She's a good friend of mine, Shantae Vaughn. And she's an incredible professional photographer in New York. And I called her and said, Hey, I've got this idea. What would you think? Would you want to come with me and work on it and do the photos? And she to her, she was great. And she said yes right away. And I started looking into it and planning it. So uh, 2016, we ended up going over there for about five weeks and just every all day, every day, we're just out exploring, meeting people, interviewing people. And that when we'd meet somebody or interview someone, they would often introduce us to another person. And it just kind of grew from there where we ended up meeting all these wonderful people that we were able to profile and put in the book. And actually, I should say that at first, I had this idea, but at first, I didn't know it was going to be a book. At first, I thought it was going to be a magazine, one of these kind of independent, high-end, beautiful magazines, and that this would be the first big issue of the magazine. Oh, so fun. So then... So that that's why if you look at the book, you'll see there are a lot of contributors, like uh, other writers who have contributed articles and things. And that's because I at first, I thought it was going to be a magazine. So interesting, like, because we don't know how these things are going to progress, what they're going to turn into... And you were turned into a book. So how did that happen? Did a publisher reach out to you? You decided to to run it by a publisher? Well, it was after. So it wasn't until after we got back from France. So we, I'd done tons of research before I even went to France. Uh, had spent months and months doing tons of research. Then we got there. Like I said, we were there for about five weeks on the ground, out and about every single day working on it. And then we came back and we, we were compiling, I was compiling all the the content and um, working with a designer even to put it into a layout and all of this. And I'd gotten to a point where it was, it was getting, it still needed some polishing, but it, I felt like it was getting close to being done. And I showed it to a group of colleagues of mine who are also creative professionals and just to see what they thought. And they were looking through it and they loved it. And they said, but Eva, this is so much content. This feels more like a book than a magazine. Yeah. And and so really it was them saying that that I was I realized that they had a point and I was thinking about that. And so luckily I was fortunate in that I had a friend, an online friend who had was sort had sort of been mentoring me through the process of the magazine, but she also happened to be a book agent. So she had worked, she had worked as like with a publisher with Chronicle Books, she'd been an editor for them. She'd also been an editor for the now retired Anthology Magazine, which was a great, great magazine. Um, And now she had gone out on her own and created a literary agency. And so she was a perfect person to ask about it. So I reached out to her and I said, she knew all about this magazine I was working on, this Paris magazine. And, And I said, well, what do you, my, you know, these colleagues said, they thought it felt more like a book. What do you think? And she said she could see it going either way, but she also could really see it as a book. And she offered to be my agent if I wanted to go that way. Wow. I so mean, it, came I mean it just kind of organically unfolded and, and it just seemed like such a great opportunity. And here she was offering to be my agent. So I just said, sure. And uh, we and we went for it. And from there, we hurried and put together the book proposal. She pitched it to a bunch of publishers. Um, she's got with 
from her years in the industry, she had great contacts and was able to get, I think, five or six different offers from publishers. That's great. So we were able to to choose and we went with Abrams because they're so known for visual and art and design focused. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, it's just wild how you have this like random idea and it just turns into this big, beautiful book and all these people involved. And And I'm curious, while you were creating the book and talking to all these different creatives, like who were some of the people that really stood out? Like which of the artists did you really connect with when you were writing? Oh, that is a great question. So, I mean, I, I don't want to leave everyone, anyone out, like everyone, but <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Well, one one who I still work with often be, with you mentioned the the trips, the retreats that I that I guide to to Paris, and on those we go do a cake decorating workshop with Frank Barron, otherwise known as Cake Boy Paris on Instagram, and he he was featured in the book, and it was the first time that he had been featured in a book or a magazine or anything like that, and was just, a, he's just so charming and delightful to be around and has a beautiful aesthetic. And it was so fun, inter, you know, talking with him and featuring him. And he's since gone on to write a book of his own that's called Sweet Paris. And it's a great book. And now we, when I bring my groups, we always come meet with him and do a cake decorating workshop. And that's been a fun thing. Yeah. Um, another is, it was the early day, like when we were over there researching for the book, it was the early days of Maison Chateau Rouge, the, the French brand, uh, clothing brand. And we got to meet Yusuf uh, Fofana, who's the founder and creative director. Wow. And he is delightful. And just getting to meet him in those earlier days of his brand and see, you know, talk to him about the process and about his inspirations and everything. And then to see just how far he's gone, gone and grown and everything. And it's, that's been beautiful to see. And I just love his work and what he does so much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like you've met so many interesting people through the book. And the great thing is, is like they introduce you to other creatives and then you can get more content. And was yes, there- that's true. Somebody who's introduced me to a lot has been actually, so I mentioned how my mom had lived over in France for a while. They had good family friends. My grandmother actually made friends with this woman named Claude, a French woman named Claude when they lived there and they became very, very good friends and they're still pen pals to this day. And they then my mom became friends with Claude's daughter and now I'm friends with Claude's granddaughter. Wow. And yeah, and her name's Cassandra and she lives in Paris too. And so she and she's a interior architect in Paris. And so she introduced me to some of her creative friends who then introduced me to other people. And she's actually listed as a contributing editor on the book because she was just so generous with her advice and introductions to people and everything. So that's just one example. She opened a lot of doors at the beginning. And then from there, we were able to meet more people and they introduced us to more people. And it kind of just snowballed from there. But it was good to have that one really good introduction with somebody that was this longtime family friend. Yeah, that's the best way in is if you can have a French friend, like, because once you're in, you're really in. <laughs> yes. I mean, that shows that I love that about the French. That's a generalization, but it does seem to be true that, you know, it's a little bit harder to make friends, but once you're in, you're in, like you said, yeah. and it just proves it with this, like th- this is a 
third generation friendship, which is pretty incredible. It's really cool. And what was a common theme you found when you were interviewing all these different artists? Was there something that kept coming up over and over again about their work or about their process? Like, was there any common themes? This might be where we need to pause and start. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Take a break. Um, I can't really think. Sorry, this is not an interesting response. I can't really think. I mean, other than just like the love of being creative and and taking the risk to go off and and do their own thing because pretty much just yeah pretty much everyone I interviewed I think was a freelance artist or designer or had created their own company that sort of a thing mm-hmm. so you know just really being passionate about whatever it is that they do and taking the risk to go out on their own and do it yeah I think that's really true about artists, a lot of them are risk takers because you are taking a big chance to try to make a living doing something fully artistic. I find, you know, it's not guaranteed. Um, Not like a nine to five. Exactly. And so once the book was finished, how did you feel about it? Were you in love with the book? Like, what was it like to publish your first book? Yes, I have to say I was, it was so exciting. I was so grateful to everyone involved because it was you know, a team effort from Shantae, the photographer, Linnea, the designer, all the people who contributed or we interviewed. So it really was a team effort. And I'm grateful to everyone. And I was, I just loved how it came together. And it was my baby in that I had this idea in 2015. I was so passionate about it and so driven that I just pushed through and kept going, kept going, kept going. The book didn't come out till 2019. So that was four years of working hard on it. And then, you know, once it comes out, then it's marketing and all of that. Yeah. But I've, I just said, as soon as it came out, I, I immediately knew this was the most favorite creative project I had ever worked on. Labor of love. So yes, a complete labor of love. So fulfilling. It was, I just feel still to this day, like so grateful that I was able to do it. Yeah. What a wonderful, and I'd love to do another one. Yeah. And my, agent, and my agent has mentioned it, has brought it up with me. It's just a matter of finding the time because it is a huge labor of love. As I said before, yeah, it's a lot of work and a lot of great new talents out there. As we know, through the show, I mean, there's so many people that are constantly coming here and starting. Yes. So there's definitely room for another book for sure. And as a creative yourself, was there a certain place in Paris that you really felt connected to or inspired you, like a certain area that you really liked in Paris? Oh, that is a tricky one. Every time I go to Paris, I ask myself this question, oh, which is my favorite neighborhood? And I and I try to decide. And if I were to move there, which we did try to move there in summer of 2020, it was all planned out. It was all worked out. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit and those plans had to go away and things changed where we weren't, we're just not in the spot to to go there now. But I always ask myself that question, like which neighborhood is my favorite or which one would I want to live in? And it's so hard. I mean, I love the ninth I love, around the Rue des Martyrs. Yeah. I love, of course, the Marais. Everyone loves the Marais. The 11th, the Latin Quarter, Saint-Germain. I mean, Montmartre is always so beautiful. There's, I mean, I I love exploring random quarters that, that most tourists don't make it to. Also, like the 13th and the 14th with the Parc Montsouris. There's just so many great parts of it. And I like to go a little deeper, not, you know, obviously not just the the highlights, 
like, the, I mean, of course the Louvre is wonderful and the Eiffel Tower, but I think it's really fun to find those smaller museums or boutiques that are a little bit off the beaten path, but are a really great find yeah. to go to flea markets on the outskirts of the city Things like that, I think, is extra rewarding. And the the great thing about Paris is there's always more to see. I feel like it doesn't matter how long you've been there or how many times you've visited. There's always more. Yeah. There's always something new happening. and Exactly. New shops opening, new restaurants, even a new museum like the Maison Gainsbourg that's just opening. There's yeah. always something. Yeah, definitely. They never stop. And especially with the pandemic, that was the silver lining. Even more things open, some things closed, but then we made room for new restaurants, new shops. So it's it's a different place always, but still the same. And mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your retreats. So you offer like guided trips and creative retreats. So how did you put those together and, and what do you do with people? Yeah, well, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, but the timing just hadn't worked out before because I'm, like I said, lifelong Francophile. And then I have, I had worked in art and uh, art and design for 15 years and I'd seen other creative people put on sort of these creative retreats and things like that. And I'd been intrigued by it, but it just had never felt like the right timing for me. And then in the spring of 2021, you'll remember that Macron made the announcement that France would be opening back up to tourists. And that exact same week, when he, after he made that announcement, I got about three different emails from different random people, all who had my book and said, Hey, I love your book. Have you ever thought about doing guided trips to, to Paris, you know, Paris yeah. by design in trip form? And I had, and, um, but this time the timing worked out and it felt like the right thing to do at the right time. And so I went for it and started planning right then. Uh, the first Paris by Design trip. And that happened in October of 2021. And I didn't know at the time if it would just be kind of a one-off thing, but it went so well. It was just a beautiful trip. I brought nine women with me and we visited. Basically, I thought of it like my book brought to life. So we're we're visiting these local artists and designers in Paris, doing workshops with them, or just having dinner with them, getting to know them, visiting an artist studio, things like that. You know, experiences that when you're just a normal tourist in the city, you wouldn't be able to experience. And and also just putting together a really well-researched and curated and scouted out itinerary of places that I knew, places to eat, smaller museums, great shops, things like that. And anyways, it went so well. And by the end of the week, we all sat around that dinner table that last night and we were crying because not only did we have so much fun and we just loved Paris, but there was this beautiful magic and bonding that happened from being with this group of 10 women over the course of the week and exploring and experiencing together. And I knew when I came home from that, that I needed to do more. And so I got to work planning the next ones. And last year in 2022, I did two more trips. And now this year in 2023, I'm doing four. So one this spring and I have three coming up this fall. And I'm actually, I've while I've been over there the last couple of years, I've always taken time to do some scouting for new trips and new itineraries. And so two of those are launching this fall and I'll In addition to the Paris by design trip, I now am offering a Provence by design trip and a Paris interiors trip. 
So I'm really excited about those new ones too. What a great gift to like people to explore Paris in that way and and see it and the rest of France too. I mean, as you said, there's so much always Mm -hmm. really special. And I'm curious, how do you keep your work evolving? Like what do you do to constantly find new inspiration and and new ideas? Mm. It comes about in, in different ways. For me, over the last several years, I've found that most of my best ideas or inspiration comes to me when I'm walking. So I love to go on long walks. And we live in the up in the Utah mountains, not far from Park City. And we live in this juniper tree forest area. And I just love to go on walks out in nature. And I feel like when I'm out there, just it's when my mind is most open to receiving inspiration. And so I get my best ideas that way. And I feel when I make time to do that, then I'm never at a loss for ideas, but also just inspiration comes from so many sources. I mean, I love, I'm obsessed with movies and books and travel, obviously. Those are all big sources of inspiration as well. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great idea because so many guests have said that, that it's just about taking some time to rest and connect with nature and then ideas can come to as well. So it's maybe in some ways good that you're like in nature, but then you can come back to Paris and like soak it up in both ways. That's true. Yeah. That's a good way of, that's a good way of putting it, of looking at it. Yeah. Because sometimes cities can be draining too. So like you can have the best of both worlds, like showing people the best that Paris has to offer, but also like connecting with nature for your creativity. That is true. I think especially after the pandemic, we all realize and appreciate that more, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think all of us took time to rest and be like, who am I? What do I want? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're in so much spare time. And how do you define creativity in your own words? Well, to me, I... I honestly think that we, everyone is creative or that we all have that capacity. And I think it's, I think it's more about, to me, it's about tapping into something bigger than ourselves, whether you believe in God or the universe or nature. I think it's about being, finding time to rest to, like we were talking about to, to be quiet and to just be open And I feel like that inspiration, those ideas come to you when you do that. And um, I feel like it's available for all of us and it just, and can be used in so many different ways. I mean, I did go to school for art and have worked in design and all of that. And, but I don't think it's only in those industries that we use creativity. I think business, you know, entrepreneurs are very creative. I think scientists are really creative. I think all of us, no matter what we do, can bring creativity to what we do. And it's not about making something, you know, we talk about being completely original and creating something completely new. And I think we do want to be authentic and we do want to innovate and not be derivative, of course. But I think it's more about taking different sources of inspiration from a bunch of different places or things that have been there and reshifting them or reorganizing them or because, you know, like people say, everything's been done, yeah. you know? But, and so I think it's more about putting our own, you know, when we take it and put everything from all these different sources of inspiration or wherever it comes and putting it through our own personal authentic filter, it definitely, it comes out almost automatically in a different way. If we're true to that. Yeah. It's like that book, um, Steal Like an Artist. It's like a really mm. good book talking mm-hmm. about that. Huh? Nothing- That's a great book. 
Yeah. And then you can just put your own spin on it. Like you're saying. Yeah. And for sure it has to be different. Like I definitely am not into, you know, copycats or being derivative, that sort of thing. But I think, I think that's what most artists and designers and, and really, you know, all kinds of creative people do is we're, we're just taking these various different elements and twisting them, putting our own spin on them until when it comes out, it could, it could feel completely new and different. Yeah. 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 I think that's definitely what we're all doing on a regular basis. And it's so important to, to think like that. Cause some people might not jump on their idea because they're like, Oh, it's already been done. Or I don't want to be a copycat. And it's like, no, you can, you can imprint yourself on that idea. You can, you can make it yours in a, your own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so besides your retreats, are there any future projects you're excited about that you want to share with the audience? Oh yeah. Well, I have, I have a newsletter. It, it's called letters from Eva and the focus is on travel by design. And anyways, I write it every week and you can find it on my website, evajorgensen.com and look under letters from Eva. If you'd like to sign up, it's free, but I will be sometime this year. I'm thinking this summer, I'm going to be taking the leap. I've been doing this newsletter for years and I think I'm finally going to be taking the leap to turn it into something even more. So I'm thinking of adding a quarterly printed component to it and then charging a subscription for that. Just a, you know, a small, something very affordable that you could do. But for people who love, who are also Francophiles and who love art and design and creative things and travel, it will be basically like the kinds of things I love to write about in my book, but with a little bit broader focus and just every week delivered to your inbox. And then quarterly with this new printed component, it will be sort of like a little newspaper with articles and things. And then it will unfold into a poster on the other side that you can frame if you want. And so you get that in your mailbox every season. So I'm excited about that and hoping to launch it this summer. Yeah, that sounds like a but good in the thanks. But yeah, in the meantime, if anyone wants to sign up to get the weekly newsletters, then just you can go to my site and look for letters from Eva and it's there. Beautiful. And I think that brings us to my next question where people can connect with you. You have your Instagram, your website. We can put all those in the show notes as well. But what's the website title once again? It's evajorgensen.com. And that's Jorgensen with an E-N. And then on Instagram, it's Eva Jorgensen Travel. Perfect. We'll add all that to the show notes. And thank you so much, Eva, for sharing all your valuable experiences with us. And I can't wait to see what you'll do next. Thank you. It's been so lovely talking with you, Crystal. Thanks so much for tuning in to La Vie Creative. You can find more information on MissParisPhoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.